for me, it was the right fit you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am your host, Art Stapleton. I am in Nashville, Tennessee, and just a few hours removed from the Giants beating the Tennessee Titans. Yes, you heard that right. The New York Giants, under Brian Dable and new general manager Joe Shane, pick up the first win in a season opener for this franchise since 2016. It was a heck of a game. Brian Dable essentially called his shot last night in meeting with this team, and we'll get to that in a second. But what does it mean for this franchise? Well, to walk through that locker room, and I have a sights and sounds piece of behind the scenes that posted on NorthJersey.com and across the network on Monday morning. So make sure you check that out. Talk to four, five, six players, one-on-one. Got you everything you need to know. That's why I stress, if you can, please subscribe. Get a digital subscription for my coverage and the rest of the local news, either at NorthJersey.com, the Asbury Park Press, Low HUD, anywhere that you would want your local news from in addition to get your Giants coverage. Right now, there's a special for all new subscribers, $1 for six months. It's worth it. You get the entire season. We'll be going to London, Jacksonville, Seattle. We will take you behind the scenes and let you know everything you need to know about the New York Giants. The first place New York Giants Who would have thunk that going into the weekend? The Giants, Eagles, and Commanders, all with victories. The Dallas Cowboys lose on Sunday night to Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. And they suffer a big injury related to the Giants. Jerry Jones told reporters just a few minutes ago as I'm recording this podcast that Dak Prescott needs hand surgery and he will be out several, quote, several weeks. So why does that impact the Giants? Well, two weeks from tomorrow, the Giants play host to the Dallas Cowboys at MetLife Stadium on Monday Night Football. And several weeks seems to be more than just two weeks. And that would mean that Dak Prescott would not play against the Giants in that primetime affair. First up for the Giants, the Carolina Panthers in the home opener next weekend. Ben McAdoo comes home, at least to a place he called home, for a year and three months before getting fired in the 2017 season. The Giants will see Baker Mayfield and Christian McCaffrey. But that's all for later this week when we start revving up all in for week two, but let's dive into this game and what I said in the open about Brian Dable's promise to this team 
Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Xavier McKinney, Julian Love, all four of them at different times told me on Sunday that Brian Dable made a promise to them that he was going to be aggressive, that he was going to give them an opportunity to win games if given that chance, if it benefited the, the entire team. And Sunday, when the Giants scored a touchdown on a bootleg pass to Chris Myrick, another touchdown for Chris Myrick, by the way, Daniel Jones to Myrick, and the Giants pulled within 20 to 19, they didn't even bring the offense off the field. There was no hesitation. And Dayball threw up his two fingers. The offense, Saquon Barkley included, saw that, started heading back to the huddle. Saquon said he locked eyes with Dayball and then said, F yeah, let's go. And they went into the huddle. Great play call. Daniel Jones, little hesitation, shovel pass to Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley made a move around linebacker Dylan Cole of the Titans and could have been a face mask. In that moment, I thought there was a face mask, that he may have grazed Saquon across the face mask. But no flag. And then Saquon did the rest, running through Roger McCreary, the rookie from Auburn, at the goal line, into the end zone for two points and a 21-20 lead. Now, of course, as any Giants fan knows, having watched the last five, six, seven seasons, it didn't matter who the coaches were, didn't matter who the players were. If there was time on the clock, they would find a way to lose this game. And as the Titans lined up and started marching down the other end of the field, I'm sitting in the press box with a story that's half Giants win, half Giants lose, to be perfectly honest, because you get a defensive holding penalty on Austin Calitro, then you get another defensive holding penalty on Darnay Holmes, and you're thinking, here we go again. The Giants are going to set up for a field goal, or at least against a field goal for the Titans, and they're going to find a way to lose this game. Well, couple things. One, it was extremely important that there were only defensive holding penalties and not defensive pass interference penalties. So only a five-yard penalty. And yes, a new set of downs, but in that situation, the Titans were fighting the clock. They started the drive with only one timeout and used that timeout. So they crossed midfield. And at this point, I'm not really sure what Mike Vrabel was thinking. But they were wasting a lot of time. And it just seemed like they got to a certain point where they just figured, okay, Randy Bullock is going to attempt a field goal. And they set it up on the right hash, 47 yards. Randy Bullock, former giant for a little while, lines up, sets the kick. Now, the last time the Giants were in a situation like this, Thursday night of last year, they had the game won. They, the Washington football team at the time misses the kick. 
But Dexter Lawrence gets called for hitting the center, which is an illegal procedure, a legal play. And they got a re-kick. And I hate to relive those memories for Giants fans. But they re-kick. Washington makes the field goal. The Giants go home losers. And that was essentially a sign of things to come for that team. Because if you remember after the game, Joe Judge uh, had his rant about the Bose headsets that kept going in and out. The league then came out against Judge, even though Judge was accurate in talking about the headsets going out. Because a couple weeks later, there were other coaches who complained about the headset. They didn't make the mistake of mentioning one of the league's sponsors, so the league didn't go out and go after those coaches. But they did go against Joe Judge, and that's the way it happened. And then the season went down the tubes with six games to go after Daniel Jones got hurt in the win over Philly. So that brings us to now. And the Giants celebrate a win here, and I think it's a really a big-picture situation. And I want to give you a quote that Xavier McKinney gave me. And I think you'll really enjoy it because I thought it spoke volumes about why what Dayball did mattered to this team. And it wasn't a matter of going for two and getting the guys all revved up. It was the right call in the right spot. And here's what McKinney told me. Dabes is a man of his word. He did what he said he was going to do. He followed through on what he told us, and that's how you get a team to believe. You think about that, and for a very young team, and for a team that has veterans on this team that just they just feel as though they can't get out of the way of losing. To have that happen, I think Dable won this team over tonight. This became Brian Dable's team. Yes, it's been his team since January. Yes, there are a ton of new players. But players remember this kind of stuff. And this is who Brian Dable is. He's going to roll the dice. And as much as Joe Judge was criticized, Joe Judge and Jason Garrett, and really Patrick Graham as well, were criticized for being too conservative at times and playing old school and playing for field position. I think Dable deserves a lot of credit for doing what he did. Now, it was kind of funny during the game, the fact that the Giants were rotating Ben Bredesen and the rookie Josh Azudu in at left guard, still had a little feel for what the Giants were doing offensive line-wise the last two years under a handful of offensive line coaches. But at the end of the day, when the Giants needed plays, their playmakers stood up. Saquon Barkley. This was about as good of a game as I've seen from Saquon since he's been a Giant. Yes, I know what he did in 2018. Yes, I know he's had moments, especially against Washington, then last year against New Orleans. But that New Orleans game, there were some tough runs that he had. And the play that he and Daniel Jones made 
for that long touchdown catch and run, that's all well and good. But Barkley today, 18 carries, 164 yards, a 9.1 average. He had a long of 68, which tied his his career long. He had one touchdown. Then, as a receiver, Daniel Jones targeted him seven times. He caught six of those passes for another 30 yards. That's 194 total yards for Saquon Barkley, the touchdown, and the two-point conversion. If the Giants are going to use Saquon Barkley the way they did on Sunday, and even more so, if Saquon Barkley is going to produce the way he does, it's a huge factor on this team, and they haven't had that in a very long time. So kudos to Barkley. I think Daniel Jones... Yes, he had the interception on the forced throw to Barkley. He was thinking he would throw a back shoulder fade. Didn't happen. Uh, It was an easy interception. But he finished 17 of 21 for 188, was sacked five times, kept getting up. He had two touchdown passes, one to Sterling Shepard, which is great to see. Shep back and having his impact. And then he had the touchdown pass to Chris Myrick that came before the two-point shovel pass to Saquon Barkley. He had a QB rating of 115.9. Receiving-wise, Barkley was a factor. Richie James, surprisingly, was a factor. Five catches on six targets for 59 yards. Now the bad news, or at least the news on the receivers that really cloudy the situation. Wondell Robinson, one catch, five yards, goes out with a knee injury. There were some reports that it was encouraging that he would go for tests, but they weren't necessarily uh, fearing the worst when it came to Wondell. We'll have to wait and see. Kenny Galladay had two catches for 22 yards. And then there's Kadarius Tony, And the Kadarius Tony situation, the way Brian Dable explained it is we had a lot of different sub-packages. We were planning on shuffling the receivers in and out. And it just so happened that Kadarius only played, I think it was eight snaps. He didn't have any targets. He had two rushes for 23 yards. One of those rushes was a potential pass. It looked like it was going to be a gadget play and he was going to throw to the end zone to Sterling Shepard, but it was covered, so Tony tucked it and ran. Uh, Ends up with those 23 yards on two carries. Uh, This is something that's going to follow the Giants. This is the one one of the things that comes out of this win. I, I can't see this existing over the long term with Kadarius Tony not being a factor in this offense. I don't know why. I don't know why he is not a factor in this offense, but the point remains is that this is a first-round pick from last year, and we know his talent. If he can't find a way to play in this offense, then the Giants have a problem. The Giants need to then figure out a way to get something in return for Kadarius Tony. So we'll see if that improves. I do know from talking to some of the offensive players, Sterling Shepard in particular, talked about his ex- his curve and trying to accelerate the learning curve since he came back from, from the pup list 
you know, he said he goes over Daniel Jones' house almost every night and they study the playbook and they look at film and they talk about things about what Daniel's looking for in certain plays, what they should look for, how they should read the defender. And Sterling told me out of all the offenses he's been in the, in the NFL, and that goes back to McAdoo, Shermer, and then obviously the Jason Garrett offense that morphed into the Freddie Kitchens offense, uh, and then now with Dable and Mike Kafka, that this was by far the most challenging because you need to know every single play. He said there are a lot of reads at the, at the line of scrimmage, uh, one-word keys to be able to know what you're reading and what you're going to do with your route tree. So, again, I'm just speculating, but I would have to think that maybe the presence of Sterling Shepard, the trust that Daniel Jones has in him, and also Richie James. Look, Richie James ran a lot of routes that you would think would go to Kadarius Toney. And you have to ask the question, why is that? And the only answer I can come up with is the fact that Richie James can be trusted to run those routes, whereas maybe there's a little doubt from the coaches that Kadarius Toney can be trusted uh, in those routes. And until he can prove that he does, uh, I think this is going to be an ongoing story. So we'll get more into that later on this week. Uh, the other last thing I wanted to finish up with today's uh, surprise podcast is the fact that Brian Dable got emotional afterwards. And if anyone knows Brian Dable's story, he grew up not knowing his father. He grew up with his mother and his grandparents. And both of his grandparents passed away during the season last year when he was still the offensive coordinator in Buffalo. Well, Dave's revealed after the game in the press conference that it was on the flight to Tennessee when the Bills played the Titans in October that he found out that his grandfather had passed away. And he was pretty emotional coming back into the stadium tonight. And he didn't tell any of that during the week, kept it you know, close to the vest. But after the game, you could tell he got pretty emotional, that he was thinking about his grandfather. Now, he, has a, he wears a chain around his neck. And he has a cross pendant and then a small urn, which I guess it's probably it's probably like a little urn. You would, you would say it's a little urn or almost a locket where his grandmother, who also passed away last year, he has some of her ashes and he carries it with him and wears it on the chain. And he said in the fourth quarter... He'd reach down every now and then and kind of clutch his chain, the two charms and the chain. Not that he was asking for divine divine intervention, but it was one of those things where, you know what? When you're thinking of those things and you feel the presence, sometimes you got to lean on what you know and what makes you comfortable. And when Randy Bullock lined up to kick that 47-yarder, Dable said he tugged on his chain a little bit. That kick sails left. And the Giants end up celebrating. Thought it was pretty cool in the locker room afterwards. Xavier McKinney, Tay Crowder, and Saquon Barkley gave not only Dable, but general manager Joe Shane 
Game Balls for their first win in what they consider a new era of Giants football. 1-0. This is the first time since 2016 that the Giants have had a winning record. Think about that. This is a franchise who has four Vince Lombardi trophies in the case of the lobby of their training facility. And for five years, they haven't had a winning record until now. 1-0 is 1-0. There are 16 more, and the Giants can lose all 16. But this one was an important one. It was an important one for Brian Dable and company to get off to the right start. They're still undermanned personnel-wise. We'll see if Kayvon Thibodeau and Dane Belton can get back for this week. I think they have a better chance than Aziz Ojolari. Calves are tricky. That's what Ojolari is dealing with. And we'll just have to wait and see how this thing takes shape. But for one week, for one day, the Brian Dable Giants are tied for first place in the NFC East with a winning record. And the way they got that win is just as important and maybe more so than actually having that win sitting at 1-0. Thanks for being all in. We'll continue to be all in on the New York Giants. We'll check you out later this week. Wish everybody a pleasant couple days. And we'll be back to focus on game two against the Carolina Panthers, the home opener, probably on Thursday this week. Take care.